Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I've got a lot of stuff going through my mind. I'm not really sure if I will be able to capture this one in one podcast. This this thread that's going through my mind this evening. You see, I have a propensity for this. <laughs> As long as I can remember, I, I, and I, and I credit this with my parents. I credit this with my parents. My parents were incredibly thoughtful people. They were Roman Catholics. They were both Roman Catholics. Um, you know, I don't talk about my mother very much. I've talked about my dad at length, but I really haven't talked about my mom very much. My mom had a very, very interesting life. She was born to my grandmother, who was a thrice divorced woman in, um, in the times like you think about it my my mother would was born in the 30s so so you think about my grandmother you know in the divorced I think my grandmother was in her 30s when she had my mother so that would have been um the 60s my mother got a divorce she actually divorced I think three times (laughs) And it was kind of unheard of back then. Like you just didn't divorce as much back then. My and my and my mother, my my grandmother was like a nurse. So she was a nurse and she had to go like in order to, to support my mother as a divorced woman, because it is said that my grandfather was when he drank alcohol he was incredibly mean I'm going to put it that way and so my grandmother and my mother my grandmother left my my grandfather because she couldn't raise my mother there because my mother wasn't safe so she looked out after the safety of my mother and went off and the only way for her to actually she had to work to support them so she was the only breadwinner in the house and she worked as a nurse and she ended up having to live she worked with native people so she <laughs> she she and she lived in a town called Pawnee Oklahoma and I remember going and visiting every year and this was like really odd for me cuz I grew up in Phoenix and and so so we would drive in like this old vehicle. Our whole family would go for a month in the summer, in the dead of summer, and we'd be driving and, and my sisters and I would be stuck in the backseat of the car for hours because it would take like 24 solid hours to get, so two days of driving to get there and then two days of driving to get hope from Oklahoma but anyway so we would go visit my grandmother well when my mother was young my grandmother 
ended up going into like living at 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 a establishment at like a hospital to take care of people in order to support my mother and so she made a decision and she sent my mother to boarding school when my mother started school so my mom went to a boarding school she always says she was raised by nuns which is true my mom was raised by nuns is that just crazy or what <laughs> so my mom grew up with in in basically in the church it's like my mom sort of grew up in um in like that that show called the midwife you know where where these these nurses would live you know in these homes like a, a kind of like a convent and then they were midwives and they would live at the convent and work at the convent but they were not indeed dead so I my mother was raised by dogs, um, but she was really smart. She was, my mother, oh, my mother actually was a musician. She played the piano, the flute, and the violin. And she, and she ended up going to school and getting a degree in music. And people would ask her, well, what are you going to do with the what are you going to do with the degree in music? You know how people are like that. And my mother would say, I'm going to have it. And in fact, isn't it it's so interesting? So my dad um, was raised, you know, quite differently. I don't know as much about his upbringing per se. Um, but he had like a really tragic life, my dad. So my dad was born... I guess premature so he was born quite premature and back in the 30s being born premature is not a good thing <laughs> I guess there must have been a number of babies who just didn't live but anyway they they it's said that they put my dad in an oven like an incubator when he was a baby which just cracks me up I mean you imagine like putting your a baby in an oven it's just crazy my 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 dad was actually born at home uh, so he was born of a home birth and then then my grandmother who birthed him died she passed away when he was just a month old um it's just so sad anyway so then my my grandfather who wasn't really that fond of my dad and he wasn't very nice to my dad um my so my grandfather ended up marrying this woman who I knew as my grandmother. We always called her Grandma B. Her name was Beatrice, and and then um, my grandmother ended up um, uh, having another child um, with my grandfather. But it was really strange because my. M my dad's mother and father had three children. So they had Ramona, um, a child named Eugene, and then my dad. And this is really strange, but Eugene passed away from when he was seven years old of running after a bike. He had a congenital heart problem. So my family has really been like fraught with all kinds of tragedy, but um, <laughs> it's just so strange. 
Anyway, so so what ended up happening was my my mother um was was studying to to be a musician and she had this cousin who who had um had a disability he had actually it was kind of physical and mental he had a mental disability and and my dad was a roman catholic and he somehow took up sending these letters to my i guess he would be my cousin um warren it was his name and so my mother would write back to my dad my mother would you know listen to warren would talk and then my mother would write the letter back and forth to my dad and then at some point my parents ended up meeting and then they got engaged like right away within a couple weeks and then and then my mother said you know well that's all well and good but you cannot get married until you finish your degree <laughs> so they had to wait a year so they had to wait a year before they got married and um and <laughs> Anyway, but my parents are really smart, both of them. My dad um, got his degree in math and mathematics. He gets his undergrad in mathematics, and then he ends up going on. I think that he may have finished his thesis before I was born, but my dad had a master's degree in philosophy. And here's the thing. My parents wrote my dad's thesis um, my parents together wrote it. I think my mother actually typed it, and they set my dad's my dad's thesis on time and space, on on the theme of a Shakespearean play. Like if you think about this, it's like brilliant, and and they they set it up where they were these philosophers were were defending different. Um, different positions on the ideas of time and space and when I went to like actually read my dad's thesis I was very taken back because it thoroughly went in line with with my life experience and a life change that I had and my understanding of time and I guess space as as a different concept, as like we think of space as that which is between two things, um, but but not space, not as that type of concept, not the space between two things. So, but anyway, so there's like a little synopsis about my parents. Um, so I, you know, I get born into this family and then I'm, I'm philosophical. So, and I have this brain that is just like, you know, I just think about things, think about like weird things, weird concepts. Like, for example, I think about this idea of like water. I I remember one time just like, you know, and I didn't go and I didn't like investigate, but it just sort of made sense to me that the earth had all the water that it was ever going to have. Like that it has all the water it's going to have. It's just, it gets distributed in different ways, like through rain and, you know, and weather and, um, 
and it changes like form but we have all the water we're ever going to have we're not going to be you know anyway and I'm not even entirely true I'm not entirely sure that these concepts that I think about that I think I tap into are even indeed true I just uh I just think about weird stuff and I would think about like why do we die and what are we doing here and you know what what is this thing and I remember just like I would just be sitting in my living room and just sort of staring and going what is that what is seeming reality and like like this thing about how weird it is that we live in an organism uh, such as like a body that is formed to house something that leaves the body clearly but it's like it's sort of like we live in this in this and why and and how it's formed and just how weird it is like that we have like hands with like five fingers like why five fingers you know <laughs> and then like two eyes and a mouth and it's like and just how perfectly that we're formed but just how weird it is because I mean we could have been formed any way any way but this is how we were formed you know okay so this is my life folks this is my life like I'm always like thinking about stuff like this I mean it is just it's just like um, a fairly, fairly regular thing with me to be thinking about things. And so I get to be a certain age, I think about around 13 years old. I, and I'm, and you have to understand, I'm also raised a Catholic. My parents are very, very Catholic. And they're very thoughtful, they're very philosophical, and they're also very political. My parents were political. And my, and my dad was a Republican. And my mom, I believe my mom has always kind of been a bit of a Democrat, but she, she identified as a Republican for various reasons. But um, she changed party. Um, around the time that Barack Obama was, was elected president. And in fact, yesterday I spoke with my mother and she was asking me about, she says, Jeannie, it's all over Facebook that, that, um, Obama started these cages and children. Is that true? And I'm like, you know, mom, I think it is. I think the Obama administration did quite a few secretive things. I think that Obama was doing things in private, uh, signing executive orders and quietly um, extending the powers of government quietly. I think he was completely in bed with Monsanto, um, GMOs, and the changing of the quality of our food and getting rid of seeds that don't have systemic pesticides you know I mean she I just went on and on and on yes I do I think that he put I had heard in you know and I have to keep my mind open on these things because even though I liked him as a person 
Um, I liked him. I thought he was a good man. He still, indeed, they had these holding centers for for illegal immigrants. And so I think that he did, he was part of constructing these buildings that housed people. I think there is some truth to those statements. Um, I don't quite understand it all, but, but that's, you know, and I'm not doing the research. I'm not, I'm, I'm just giving her hearsay on, on impressions that I've gotten from information that comes to me. Um, but so I grew up in this very political Catholic home to got to, to give context. So as long as I can remember, I've been incredibly, um, philosophical and this sort of goes along in a way with politics as well, because it, it's sort of these world events. It's sort of like being, being cognizant of what's actually happening around us, um, sort of like it's like where are you putting your attention to is it you know watching tiger king and and the kardashians or is it being cognizant of of what is going on around us and i'm not necessarily i mean it sort of sounds like i'm i'm being judgmental but in some ways i i it would not be my my preference to sit around and watch, you know, the Housewives of Atlanta, um, you know, consistently. Uh, although I do think it's interesting. I did watch Tiger King. <laughs> I did. Um, a friend of mine was like, if you are like, like psychological whatsoever, you've got to watch this show. So I did indeed. I watched it. Um, and I found him a fascinating character by the way I mean if we are all just acting which I think in some ways we are we're just you know we are all just part of our own drama our life itself life itself is sort of of a a dramatic experience and it has some comedy and it has some tragedy, uh, but it is all all sort of this drama. It's sort of a play, like all of life is a stage. Or you know, I'm not sure the direct quote from Shakespeare, but um, yeah, it's it's. I think there is some truth to that. And so we sort of look into other people's lives, you know, other people's dramas, maybe as an escape from our own for a little bit, but, and, 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 and you know, and then here is coming to this understanding that I, that I can have the power to actually change my, my reality based on my awareness and my based on my attention to certain things um rather than just being a you know letting life happen so to speak because i used to think that i used to think that you know life was sort of happening you know and i would i would pray and i would say okay god 
you know, what direction do I go? And then, you know, when I would hear this term, you know, make up your own damn mind. It's like, what is it that you want? And then walk in in the direction of that. So that's what I'm learning to do. But I wanted to, okay, so I'm going back to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young person, um, and I'm very, very, like, interested in the Bible and th- all things religion, basically Christian religion. But I will tell you, my family, my parents were not the type of people who, while they really, really wanted their children to be Catholic, my parents were not the type of people that would say, if you are not Catholic, you are going to hell. My parents had respect for other religions. They would never, never presume that there was only one way. And, and, and this also went along with politics. Like, I remember the, the president that I remember the most them talking about was Jimmy Carter, who was a Democrat. My parents were Republican. And I remember rationing gas. And I remember like the Iran-Contra hearings and just, I remember just all, you know, it's so weird. I even think that I remember, and I would have been so young, my friends. I was so young, but I have this memory of my dad <laughs> laying in front of the television set because I don't know why, but we didn't have a sofa in that room. So we had like this TV room and then we had this living room and the living room had the sofa in it. We didn't, the TV was in a separate room. I remember my dad laying in front of the television set and I remember Watergate. I remember the term Watergate and my dad watching the television about Watergate and and another like really great memory of my dad is that my 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 dad used to smoke a pipe and so he would have like tobacco and everything in tobacco like reminds me of my dad oh gosh he was a really 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 sweet man you know I would actually go so far as to say he was very very holy my dad was so holy and a very very sweet man and so um any remembrance of him is is like a good thing for me so um so I I I, my parents were very very happy that I was confirmed so I I go to confirmation and I remember that I just weirdly had like this really strange um propensity for this religion that I don't know how to explain but I I just sort of excelled in this area of my life and I I ended up getting confirmed and I ended up becoming a Eucharistic minister when it was brand new to Catholicism 
to have lay people who are not in the clergy give out communion, and I would have been very young. I'm guessing that I would have been 18, 19 years old when I was brought into the Eucharistic ministry. And in fact, I remember when Pope John Paul had come to Phoenix, he came to the ASU Stadium, and I was a Eucharistic minister at that Mass. So I go, I go to ASU, uh, I go to ASU, so I, I had, I had gone to Phoenix College and I got my, my associate degree and then I go to ASU and I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a alleged, um, philosophy major. So I'm studying philosophy, religion, and then political science was this third prong to my madness in college um and so these are things that are very very interesting to me and I I I tended to draw in Christians who were very fundamentalist I call it fundamentalist Christian and I think that it's I, I use this term because these are people who believe that the Bible is the word of God and it is meant to be taken literally and they believe that God is the God of the Bible. Um, and so I call them like fundamentalist Christians. So I'm actually, I remember I was walking to orchestra because I was also a classically trained violinist. So I'm, I'm walking to orchestra and um, I get stopped by a person who uh, tells me that asked me to a Bible study. So I end up I'm going to this Bible study, and I end up getting sucked into a cult, a full stop cult, and and so. It was a it was a um a movement in the Church of Christ. It would have been in like nineteen eighty seven. The year nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight, around that time on the ASU campus, um they uh they didn't have any instruments in their in their during their services. They believed only in full immersion baptism um they had this discipleship where you uh you actually lose any say over your life whatsoever um they take over your finances your you have this discipler you are not allowed to make decisions on your own you're supposed to you know, and then there is this hierarchy of the church, and then you become a discipler. You go from being a disciple to a discipler, yada, yada, yada. And as time is going on in this church, I realize that very quickly that I have, I am completely controlled. I have absolutely no freedom whatsoever. And I lasted about six months and I left. And when I left the church, they told me I was going to hell. They said, you're leaving God and you're going to hell. And 
and it took it took a little while to deprogram me. I ended up going to my parents' house they and I really just had to at this point and I'm just gonna admit this, I had to throw away somewhat just throw away the Bible. And it was his first understanding that I had that I'm going to say this statement, but I think the worst thing that ever happened to Christianity was private interpretation of the Bible. I'm going to say that again. The worst thing that ever happened to Christianity was private interpretation of the Bible. Because you think about it before, and I'm not even saying that it was correct that the church had control over the Bible, but as soon as like Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation came around, the the church splintered off into all of these denominations, and then it got even more radical um around you know I'm not even sure what year and I'm going to speak out of context because I only know I only know my version of this um and people starting to you know <laughs> you know and then this idea of this accepting Jesus as your personal savior concepts um you know and then and then here's the other thing that just really gets me is like so having been on the other side of this, I also realize it's not just accepting Jesus as your personal savior. It is, it is, if you believe in evolution, you are not a Christian. If you, there's all these concepts that if you don't believe in that, you are not a Christian. And so it's at this point that I, that I pretty much like, I have respect some respect for the Bible, but in some ways kind of not. But I learned enough about the teachings of Jesus through the Catholic Church um, and through this cult that I, that I, um, that I had enough context that I, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know how to word this, but I just had to like let it go. I had to let the Bible go. Um, and at this point, I do not believe in the God of the Bible. I don't. I And I don't believe at this point that there is one way to God. Jesus happens to be my way, I happen to be a disciple of Christ. However, I do not believe that Jesus is the only way to God. But, and I will say that I feel like it was set up that way on purpose by people who were trying to sell a concept. <laughs> Um, there's, so, so if you want to to sell a concept, you cannot, you know, okay, well, you can follow this way or you can follow that way. Like, 
Like, you can either choose A or B or C or D or E. All of these ways will get you. You can take whatever, you know, these people felt like the only way to have people stay on this path was to say this is the only path. And and I and I have to say that I, I see this quite a bit um in the communities, you know, that I that I peruse because I am a seeker of I guess the term enlightenment. Um and so I these are things that are very um relevant to me and, and what I notice is is that you that a lot of people who purport to have a way do have this sort of intrinsic like this is the way these are the steps um and and you can kind of say this is how I did it but how I did it may not work for other people it might not and so and so <laughs> So what ended up happening was when I was in college is I ended up having to change campuses. I couldn't stay at ASU anymore. So I ended up going, it was a kind of a twofold thing because ASU was like trying to force me into a certain major. And I, I had, I had changed, I, I just really didn't know what I wanted and NAU had had a general studies degree so it had a true liberal arts degree and um so I went for a year and I graduated from NAU and Flagstaff which was like one of the greatest experiences of my life absolutely loved it up there and I I played in the Flagstaff Symphony um and in chamber orchestras and um it was really one of the highlights of my life was my year at NAU. Um, and it started on, and it was the most wonderful thing because I'm going to try to explain this and I'm not really sure if I'll be able to explain it properly, but there is this moment or there is this fine line between losing your actual mind to an idea. Sort of like, you know, when I sat and watched Waco burning, I feel like I, I saw that in real time. I turned on the TV and and this would have been after my experience in a cult. And and I and I uh and I'm watching Waco burning and I'm like realizing that there have been times where I would have allowed myself to be martyred for an idea. But it's sort of like, it's sort of like, and, and I, I even sort of feel like to this day there are certain things that I that I would actually be willing to die for. Um, but 
it's like picking and choosing, being so careful with that because, and you have to like keep your mind. You have to always, always, always question authority and question the validity of any idea. I mean, you just have to. And so, and so I've sort of gone through my life and I, I, um, I actually, I was, I was so incredibly happy. The gateway, the gateway text for me outside of the Bible, (laughs) I have to like share this. So I had sort of given up the Bible and then, and then in my thirties, I'm still like my early thirties, I'm still like questioned by, especially like family members because my my mother is still a Roman Catholic, but I have family members that have since left the Catholic Church and are fundamentalists. They're fundamentalist Christian. They go to like Calvary Chapel type, you know, and so I am very upsetting to them. And in fact, I have been um, been told to be kind of a witch in my family (laughs) by some of my family members um I'm very I'm incredibly upsetting to them you know like um you know keep her away from the children you know (laughs) you might (laughs) like I've got this story that I think is just so interesting so um before my my niece had passed away we were at the the kitchen table. It was Easter, and we're all sitting around the kitchen table, and uh, and they were after my mother again because of saints. Saints really, really bother fundamentalist Christians, and <laughs> because in the Bible, I guess it talks about some veil, and you're not supposed to do that, and it's satanic. It's really bad, and um, and uh. So they're, you know, you're not supposed to pray to saints and yada, yada, yada. And and I pipe in and I say very unpopularly, I talk to dead people every day and the table categorically cleared. They all left. <laughs> With the exception of maybe my mom. <laughs> they all left. And um, so I... <laughs> Um, I, I've been, I've been like accused of things over the years, you know, um, but okay. So in the thirties, in my thirties, the gateway text was conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. That was the first, I ended up reading like a whole lot of his texts. Um, and then I was introduced to David Hawkins and Power versus Force, I have the I and I, and I would, I, it was as though, and I'm just so sorry to any other, any other writers and their concepts, that was the end for me. I did not need any other text in ever. I mean, even though I have bought and have read some, you know, some, none of them had the, 
amount of spiritual insight that his books have had in my life. He, um, he just, he did, I mean, they are just packed with spiritual insight. I just, just, um, and so, and so that was kind of the, the ending for me. And then when I had this like life change, I went to his text and his, and and it was at that moment that I got it, that I had actually had it and didn't know it for years. Um, I and I had put the books down and 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 I and I had forgotten why, and I had put the books down because of a of something that I had read in his text, in his book, and it had said, throw away all the books you know, and surrender to God, just surrender to God and realize that which you already are. And it was at that moment that I, that I had this realization that I already was that which I was seeking to be. So like you fast forward to to early like going to like 2016 when when this thing all just really came to a head for me personally with the election or the seeming election of Donald Trump and the moment that I realized that all these that he had actually uh, gotten the presidency or I knew that that he got the fundamentalist vote I knew the moment that he did when he started talking about abortion and 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 still to this day four years later there are many Christians who will vote for Donald Trump based solely on his stand on abortion. And I'm going to say it's not just abortion. I'm going to say also, um, and he doesn't talk about it very much. Today I was, or I got this thing on my, on my Twitter. Um, Ivanka Trump is, is like another, there is something about her that, and this is just, I'm being very transparent here. She is not my favorite person. Um, and she bothers me quite a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and she had put um, recently on Twitter, she had put out this tweeted that she is pro-life. And I, I had responded, I find that hard to believe. And I really do. Um, but she, um, uh, and then she was out campaigning recently for gays and trans people and trying to say that her dad was pro-gay and trans, but the vice president is not. In fact, the vice president 
has gone so far as to put gay people through immersion therapy or some kind of immersion therapy to try to make them not gay. And 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 most fundamentalist Christians are going to say that gay people are against God. Gay people are against God. Muslim people are against God. Jewish people are against God. Anyone who does not believe and accept Jesus as their personal savior is against God. That Jesus is the only way. He is. It's the truth, the way, and the life. There's no way to God but through me. And I know they say that Jesus said that, and I'm not. I'm. I. I don't know that he said that. I don't know that that wasn't something that was added later um, to have people stay on this path. Like I said before, a lot of times when people are trying to sell an idea, they do not want you to consider other ideas as viable ideas. (laughs) They want you... (laughs) But I'm trying to remember this verse because I remember Jesus, actually. You know, and this is one of the reasons why I left the cult. It was like, um, I think it was this idea of counting the cost. Because Jesus laid it all out. It's like, you know, foxes have holes and birds have nests and the son of man has nowhere to lay his head you know like if you're going to walk with me and you're going to be my disciple it's it's not going to be necessarily be an easy path especially at that point in history it may be easier to be a Christian today but back then obviously you would be ousted to profess these values, you will be ousted quite obviously. <laughs> so it's not really going to be something that people are really going to want to take up, right? They're going to be hung on a cross. Wow, hmm, I'm not really sure about that. It <laughs> doesn't seem like a, a path I want to take. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of makes me laugh. Um, but the bigger message was of of Jesus the Christ. I believe Jesus was the Christ. But the bigger message was that the kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is the idea that we have within us actually in every cell of our being an aspect of God and that when we when we cleave when we meld when we pay attention to when we embrace when we cherish that everything else is superfluous 
And so, and that was what the message was. It wasn't based on rules. It wasn't based on obedience. It wasn't based on tithing. It wasn't based on not playing instruments at church. It wasn't based on being gay, not being gay. It wasn't based on, it is based on the understanding that we have within us that which created everything, that which is the source of everything that is within ourselves. And this was incredibly upsetting. The idea that people are actually supposed to be free. People are supposed to be free. They're not supposed to be enslaved to certain behaviors. And he said that if there were if there were any any rules, it was to love each other and to love God. And when you love someone, you you care for them. You want good for them. You you want to nourish them. You want you would not harm something that you love. And he says that all the rules are 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 encompassed in this rule. This idea to love each other and to love God. And um and they didn't like that much. <laughs> and they didn't like his his uh, growing popularity and um so they decided to torture him. Just let everyone else know this is this is your fate. You follow this guy who's, you know, talking about freedom and love and peace and love and the kingdom of God within you and you do what he does, this will happen to you too. In an effort to silence the whole the whole idea. And so on that, I'm going to end this podcast. I, I'm going to be doing further ones on this because I really want to talk about, continue talking about this phenomena that I am seeing with this, the, the coming of, of the church and state. Anyway, so I will be back with more ideas on this. Uh, I appreciate you listening and that's a wrap.